A mix of sun and cloud and 13 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Calgary mayoral candidate Kevin J. Johnson was arrested after violating public health orders by attending an illegal public gathering Saturday morning in Calgary. The order imposes compliance with public health restrictions on organizers of events, including masking, physical distancing and attendance limits. On Friday, AHS was granted a restraining order against Johnston after he publicly threatened healthcare workers and officials online. More news in a moment, but first 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. We are currently dealing with dry road conditions and light volume all across the city making for a great dry. That's pretty normal for a Sunday morning. We do have some construction though in the southeast. This is along McLeod Trail and here to drive. The northbound right lane is closed for construction, so keep left as you pass by. I'm not seeing any delays right now, but as roads get busier this Sunday morning, definitely watch out for this one. The Love You by Shoppers Drug Mart program is committed to advancing women's health. Visit shoppersdrugmart.ca slash love you to learn more. For the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Kay Eusen. Calgary police are looking to locate missing 17-year-old Ryan Korsrud, who was last seen leaving his home in the 700 block of Schooner Cove Northwest Friday evening, just after 10 p.m. Families say it is out of character for Ryan to be missing and they are concerned for his welfare. The teen is described as 5'10 tall with a slim build, last seen wearing a black hoodie, grey jogging pants and white running shoes. Anyone with information on Ryan's whereabouts is asked to contact the police non-emergency line. And it's a sign of hope for Alberta's music sector. A $2 million stabilized live music grant from the provincial government is allowing those in the industry to apply for $1,500 to help them prepare for return to live performances. For-profit venues are also able to apply for a $25,000 grant to help the industry adapt and relaunch. Tyson Boyd is the owner of the Starlight Room. He says the venue is still in crisis mode. They're looking forward to hearing some more details about the funding. The music industry in general has been shut down very hard for 14 months. You know, these conversations coming forward are welcome. This particular grant that's proposed might not help all of our problems, but it certainly will help some. More information about the grants is expected to be provided on Monday. And very few of us are getting enough sleep and our health is suffering for it. That's from Research Co-President Mario Conseco, who says worries over money and health are making it tough for a lot of us to fall asleep and stay asleep. Canseco says he was surprised to find even those working from home during the pandemic are running sleep deficits. I was under the impression that maybe because we're working from home, maybe because of the pandemic, um, we would have more people who say that they're sleeping more every night. Uh, But the numbers didn't really change that much from when we asked back in 2019. So it's definitely a situation where we continue to have those guidelines, but we're not meeting them. He says we need between seven to nine hours of sleep a night, but most of us aren't getting that, particularly those under the age of 35 who say money worries are keeping them up at night. Mainly sunny today with a high of 25 degrees. A few clouds tonight with a low of 11. Tomorrow, mainly sunny and 26. It's 13 degrees at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 9.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons, as it stated, and it is a beautiful May weekend, and uh, we had great people out yesterday, 
getting lots of trees and shrubs and annuals and perennials. We are very fortunate. We have a large, large outdoor space. So we're able to uh, do the safe social distancing and people are still able to do their shopping, which is great. We have uh, four cashiers outside. Um, so we're able to to keep everything pretty much outside as much as possible. So we're very fortunate. And again, we have the pizza guy in the parking lot. So if you're <laughs> out and about and you want some lunch, um, he makes a great uh, a great pizza. So, and lots of great plants. And at this time of year too, I'm really amazed at the size. We got some 20 gallon trees in, and they just look amazing. Like they're the size of some of the caliper trees. So really good value on that. And then all our potted trees also have a two-year warranty. So, And today on the show, I'm going to have a couple of guests. We're going to have a fun guy. And not just fun guy, but my fun guy. He's uh, Jordan Thompson. He's going to call in. And they've created a mushroom patch kit. So you open this box. It's all in there. And uh, and you can grow your own mushrooms right in your own backyard. And it's a perennial. It'll continue to grow year after year. It'll set itself up in your yard and you'll be uh, ready to go and be able to grow some beautiful mushrooms in your backyard. So he's going to call in uh, right away here. And we're going to chat with uh, Jordan and find out uh, how we grow mushrooms in our backyard. And I've been hesitant on getting... Um, mushroom kits in my store just because I wanted to make sure we have something that's local, something that's hardy. And, uh, and, uh, Jordan has, uh, brought this to the market. So we're, we're very excited to have him in our store and, uh, and we'll find out a lot more about growing mushrooms here in, here in Calgary. And also then we're going to have Jen. She's going to let us know what kind of whirlwind was happening yesterday in the annuals, perennials and tropical area. Uh, her and her team are doing an awesome job. And I just want to say big thanks to our Spruce team yesterday. We uh, we had a we had a busy day, but everyone worked really hard, and people were smooth. Everyone was happy. Um, we got everyone through safely and, uh, and efficiently. So, again, big, big thank you to our, to our Spruce It Up team. They did a fabulous job yesterday, and hopefully they were helping all the customers out yesterday. So that's uh, – why you want to shop at an independent garden center. And there's a few good ones here in Calgary. So we're very fortunate and we do appreciate the patronage of when you guys come down to spruce it up for sure. And I'm just going to take a quick call before I get Jordan on the line. I, we had an early riser. We're going to get Darlene on here right away. Good morning, Darlene. My lawn. Hi, Darlene. I have an area about um, 12 inches as a circle and it's mm -hmm. sunk down and I want okay. to put some soil in there and some seeds. So my question is, do I dig that part, that grass out, or can I just put the soil on top of the grass that's already there? Is it is it still nice and green under that area? It is, but as the summer progresses, it gets kind of brown in that one little area. Okay. And how big is it again? So you said 12 by 12? It's about a 12-inch circle. Okay. What I would almost do, Darlene, is just cut that out lift it up like just cut out like just get an edger cut a square around it or a circle right pull pull that area out knock off a bit of the soil underneath fill it up with soil underneath it and similar to a golf divot um so oh, okay. we're just gonna 
fill up underneath it and then put the grass back down on top of it, the sod, and then just pack it down. And I think that's going to fix your problem. And just make sure you give it some good water after that. But just, yeah, just pack it down really good. And then that way you don't have to deal with the soil on top. Right. You'll have, uh, you'll just be able to patch. And it's just very similar to, like I said, fixing a divot on the old golf course. So one quick, other quick question. I do have some uh, areas where uh, the uh, talus has come in and dug up my grass and they've seeded it and it's Mm -hmm. coming. Should I put some fertilizer on that? Uh, well, uh, if you, for, oh, sorry, excuse me. If you fertilize your whole lawn, um, well, I already you, have, you, but that was before they they uh, filled this in with soil and yeah. Feet. I wouldn't add any extra if you have fertilizer in there, and if you're using our sixteen thirty two six, which is a seed and sod starter as well, right? It has the high middle number for that. Yeah. Uh, you'll be fine. Yeah, um, I've used that for years, so I just I don't yeah. put any on, on the new area that they've patched in. No, uh, well, it depends how big it is. If you could sprinkle a little bit on it, it isn't going to hurt it for sure. Great. Um, okay. Thanks, Merle. Yeah, and just keep it moist and you should be good. Yeah, I'm doing that. Thank you for your Perfect. show. Yeah, Thank bye-bye. you, darling. Take care. All right. And lots of things you should be doing. you got to be a little bit careful still. Um, the weather seems like we're right in the midst of the heat of the summer. But if you look a few days ahead, it's still going to get a little bit cool. So... I'm always tentative on planting begonias, cucumbers, squash, all those kind of things, or to make sure you can cover them in um, because those ones are quite tender. And how I tell a lot of my tender plants is I just pull off one leaf and and the stem, and then I just squeeze the stem. If water comes out really easily, typically those ones will freeze and have a very low frost tolerant. If you get something like a petunia, snapdragons, pansies, typically you can squeeze them. You don't get very little water coming out that out the stem. Those are nice and hardy plants that can withstand lots of uh, lots of frost and are pretty durable for our area. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. I just got a, a tickle in my throat, but and uh, but I've already had COVID, so I'm good. I had it back in October, and uh, and we were fine. And I had the my antibody test a couple weeks ago and they said I'm still full of antibodies. So anyway, so I'm good for a little bit, hopefully. (laughs) And is Jordan on the line yet? I'm just wondering if he's on there yet. Charlie? No. Okay. I'm going to keep talking. I got a couple of texts already in. And if you're seeing, um, any kind of trees with right now you're kind of looking at your trees and shrubs and I'm, I've been sort of following a lot of mine hydrangeas. If you have them from last year, like your quick fires and stuff, you're not going to see any growth as of yet. Um, and then you want to, um, what, what do you want to, and what you want to do is just kind of wait till you get some green buds and then you'll see, where that will pop up and then and then you just prune just above it and then you'll be fine after that but you just got to be patient with some of these harder woods as they will take a little bit longer and i just noticed like willows and a bunch of those kind of things have just shot up like crazy columnar aspen are just starting to push their buds so some of this stuff we just got to be a bit patient and if you've bought something from a garden center and you're thinking it's dead already, typically wait till the end of May. 
um, before you dig it up and take it in and say it's dead. Unless it's an evergreen and it's totally brown, they're typically not going to come back from that. So you'll be totally fine bringing that in and uh, and go from there. So, all right. And I think Jordan's on the line. He's ready to go. So I'm going to go right to the phone line and we're going to talk with the Mr. Fun Guy himself. We're going to chat with Jordan. Good morning, Jordan. Good morning. How are you doing? Good, good. And yourself? I can't complain. It's a beautiful day, and I am excited to get outside. Absolutely. So, on on a day like this, is there, I guess, first and foremost, is it, are we early enough or late enough in the season to plant our mushroom kit? Yeah, to get your mushroom kit up and going, um, once it, once you're looking to plant the rest of your, uh, your garden as well, around that last frost date, um, you'll be in pretty good shape. Personally, I planted and inoculated an area of my garden uh, a few weeks back, and it's colonizing really, really well. So there's no there's no science to it, but if it's too cold, the uh, the mycelial mat underneath just won't colonize as well. Okay, just sits there. So maybe um, maybe give us a little history on how uh, you guys got your this company up and going, and what what made you think of hey, we need to start a, a mushroom patch. Yeah, you know, um, it started towards the beginning of COVID, uh, a little over a year ago. Um, we had we had an area up in the northwest of Calgary um, that we decided to turn into a, a mushroom farm, and uh, you know, both myself and our chief, chief cultivation officer, had, you know, kind of putzed around with growing mushrooms in our homes, in our closets, basements, those sorts of things. And uh, when we had the opportunity to uh, to partner up with a friend of ours, uh, our CEO Dave. Um, we kind of went all in and, uh, you know, we've decided to, uh, to open up a mushroom farm and the mushroom patch kit kind of came out of, uh, my love for gardening a little bit and, uh, some, to be, be able to bring something new to, uh, to the garden itself. Uh, there's certain types of mushrooms that are pretty easy to grow and, you know, it's kind of born from that. And, uh, here's our mushroom patch kit seems to be, uh, yeah. And I, I actually, and that's what I was. I've seen a few of them in, on the market before, but a lot of them were out of the states and different things. So I, I was always hesitant on bringing it into the store because, again, I, I want to always set up gardeners for, with success. And mm-hmm. and so when we we found you guys and sort of started chatting about uh, a local company with a local hardy product, um, I want to to learn more and uh, and get you in. And we've already sold quite a few of your kits out of the store. And Great. I guess first and foremost, like, are the mushrooms are they good for your garden? Yeah, overall, they're uh, over the next few years or so. If you if you were to plant or start growing some mushrooms in your garden this year, um, next year that mycelial um, mat or they will colonize further through your garden, and the mycelium acts as a bit of a communicator. Uh, between plants and uh, you know if if one plant is going to need a little bit more nutrient here those mushrooms and that mycelium is able to transport that a little bit better Um, and you know it it'll help with uh, water retention in your garden it will ultimately over time you'll likely see uh, better yields in your in your vegetables and uh, health of your your plants and trees Again, depending on where you uh, inoculate or start to grow your uh, your mushrooms, so there's there's definite benefits all the way around. Yeah, because in Calgary, there's not a lot of life in our soil. A lot of times, like when you go in comparison to the West Coast or some of those places where they have a lot of the sea soil and different things come into the soil, and you create something. The soil is a lot more alive, 
Mm-hmm. And so we need to add things. So something like mushroom, I know there's mushroom compost. There's all kinds of everything. So, th- so this is a good, good way to get going. So if I, I pick up my kit today and I, I go home and I go, I can't wait to make some mushroom soup or some stir fried <laughs> mushrooms on my steak. How, how long am I going to be waiting? Uh, you know what? It's going to be a little bit up to mother nature and uh, the mushrooms themselves. Uh, typically you'll start to see once the mushrooms have colonized and that means, you know, every once in a while you'll pick up like a rock or uh, a log and you'll see like a white mat or uh, some fuzz underneath. That's, that's mycelium. So once that mycelium were to colonize throughout your mushroom patch um, and is really, really strong, once temperatures start to cool a little bit in the evenings, and Calgary is great for that because we, we typically don't have, you know, more than about a 100-day growing season, and um, it gets quite cool in the evening, in the spring and in the fall, and we typically yep. get quite a bit of moisture as well. So those are good triggering points for mushrooms to start to, to, to grow or to fruit. Okay. So that so so we're, we're going to be sort of a, a month or two in before you're harvesting your first year? I... I'm not going to put a stamp on it just because it really depends. Similarly to, uh, let's, I, yeah. I planted blueberries, for example, this year. They need really acidic soil. And if they don't have really acidic soil, you're not going to get a lot of fruit from your blueberries. Um, yeah. With your it's going to be, yeah, you'll be, you'll be waiting a bit. <laughs> we'll yeah, help exactly. you out with that when you're down at the garden center earlier. So I can yeah. help you out with some of that stuff too. And but do that, I, like, and just going through, you, you gave me a little bit of a few questions, which I, I think is awesome. Do I need to inoculate my mushroom patch each year with new grain spawn? No, you, you don't. And, I mean, the mushrooms themselves, they're going to grow best in a shaded area um, okay. that has a lot of moisture. So if you do have an area of your garden that you just can't grow anything because there's no light and that sort of thing, mushrooms will thrive there. And um, year after year, you don't need to, like, as long as the mushrooms, the mycelium has something to eat, so, you know, some uh, some shredded leaves at the end of the year, some new wood shavings, or something as simple as sprinkling some wheat bran over top of your mushroom patch is going to give a really easily digestible food for your mycelium to continue to grow. Okay. Is there anything that you wouldn't add to the to that area that's going to harm the patch? Um, in what sense? I mean, like, is there certain leaves? I know, like, some people tell me they say don't put popular leaves on on your garden or certain leaves that are, are, are not good for it or too much grass. Like some people want to put their gla- grass clippings, stuff like that. Is that, uh, or sometimes raw bark mulch. Um, I, I've just had issues where if you put, if you get wood chips from an arborist and you put that on your garden, <laughs> it'll typically take all the nitrogen out of your soil. So I'm just yep. wondering if, if there's things that people should be uh, maybe not add to their mushroom patch. Yeah, cedar is probably the the one mulch you definitely want to stay away from. There's some natural oils in cedar that are uh, like a fungicide, so uh, you're not going to want to grow there. That being said, on a year-after-year poplar, you mentioned um, if you had, you know, a lot of people have poplar trees. If you were to trim branches and and chip those up, um, it's a hard wood that, you know, oyster mushrooms and wine cap mushrooms alike uh, enjoy eating. Um, Okay. Hardwood typically is uh, more nutrient-dense than your softwood, and so mushrooms grow on those a little bit better. And, uh, yeah, that's, it's, not, it's not a hard-maintenance uh, mushroom patch. Okay. And uh, what type of varieties can we grow here? Uh, here in Calgary specifically? Yeah. 
Yeah, blue oyster mushrooms, wine cap mushrooms. Um, I've got a couple other varieties of uh, oyster mushrooms testing out in my backyard right now, but those typically are quite resilient. They they feed on decaying organic matter or decaying wood, so they're they're saprophytic, um, and that's just what they eat. So if you continue to feed them those things, they will continue to grow. Okay, I got a I got a question a question a question on the text line. Um, hi, Merrill. Will mushrooms survive in a raised garden bed? Thanks, Marty. Great question. Great question. So, with a raised garden bed, uh, it should be fine. That being said, like if you are going to be adding some of that wood mulch, like uh, in our in our kits, we've got a uh, pine spruce mulch as a top dressing. Um, okay. Again, that, that may not be great for the rest of the garden. You're um, growing anything else in that same raised bed. But um, in our instructional video, actually, for this, we used a keyhole composting bed that's a raised bed, and the mycelial mat is looking beautiful. Okay, perfect. And is there any other little tips or anything else that you want to just mention before we finish up here? Uh, no, like, I mean, be, I would say be patient. It's, it's a lot of fun to see grow. And then again, uh, it's, it's just something new to your garden that you can eat. Mushrooms are fantastic. They provide a ton of nutritional benefits um, for yourself as well. And really, people are only getting into mushrooms now. They seem to be kind of the new COVID sourdough. Yeah, they're the new celery. What We were hot last year. I remember celery, we couldn't keep it in stock. So mushrooms i definitely hear a lot more about them so and you're going to be down at the store hanging out by your mushroom patch boxes and uh, maybe giving some of our customers some information and i I love what you did with your qr code you got that scanned you can scan it to a uh instructional video which is awesome so if you want to come down jordan's going to be hanging out uh right across from the outside cache in the in our little garden shed there where we have his fungi my fungi mushroom patches on display so if you want to come down and learn a little bit more and chat with jordan um be will you be down there sort of after one o'clock sort of thing or uh whatever works best here i just need to brush my hair and then i'm, uh, I'm <laughs> awesome yeah so anytime if you want to head down there by noon i'll just say everyone after the show if they come down and you'll be down there from noon till three or so and uh and we'll see how that goes can't wait can't wait Awesome. All right. We'll see you later, Jordan. And thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much, Merle. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. All right. And that was Jordan Thompson from My Fun Guy, local mushroom patch creator. And uh, I know he didn't do it all on his own. He has a great team behind him. And uh, so come down and say hi to those guys and uh, they'll be down helping us out. Right now, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on News Talk 770. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go right to the phone lines, and we're going to chat with Carrie. Good morning, Carrie. Good morning, Merle. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing awesome. Sun's shining. Things are greening up. It's perfect. It's certainly wonderful out here in the Bearberry area, Cramond. Absolutely. Nice. How yeah. can I help you today? Uh, i got a couple questions. <laughs> uh, one about spuds first. Okay. Uh, growing them in straw. Okay. And... Uh, I was wondering, uh, in most of the videos that I've looked at, they just use normal barley straw or oat straw. Now, I was wondering, I've got a bunch of, uh, it's not, it's about, oh, I don't know, last year's cut green hay. 
and it's uh, nice and dry. There's no weeds or anything in it. It was uh, guaranteed. I was uh, feeding my deer with it this year. Okay. But uh, I was wondering if I could use that because I've got a whole big round bale of it, and to use um, that as a, as the replacement for the straw. Um, you, you should be able to. My only worry is sometimes if it's as long as it's nice and dry. Sometimes if you're using something fresh, it's similar to what I was chatting with uh, with Jordan about using sometimes a product that hasn't gone through the composting process. A lot of times it uh-huh. needs nitrogen and stuff to to uh, decompose. So sometimes if you're using a raw product in your soil too, it, it needs that it takes nitrogen out of your soil to decompose. That's That would be my only concern. Okay. Now replacing nitrogen, so to say, uh, I have lots availability to uh, old horse manure. Okay. Can I and again, put that in a little you, bit of layers with you, the potatoes? No, you don't use too much manure. It, it causes a lot of scab too. Oh, okay. Um, so what you might want to do is even just to get a good organic fertilizer, um, uh, like a 843. We have the Groundskeeper's Pride. There's a couple other ones that if you just look for something that you can amend your soil, um, you can always get it tested or you could use a water soluble like uh twenty twenty twenty, just a good all purpose, something like that, or thirty ten ten. Um but again, you just want to make sure you have the phosphate in there too for the for the potatoes. So okay. it's kind of a tricky one when you're using organics, right? Because you're kind of playing with the mm-hmm. with the <laughs> the whole thing. So yes. Uh, and, uh okay, I have uh Okay, I'm just gonna put you on hold. I'm just going to put you on hold, Carrie. i got to take a break for the news. Sorry about that. Yeah. All right. Going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. A mix of sun and cloud and 16 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Calgary mayoral candidate Kevin J. Johnson was arrested after violating public health orders by attending an illegal public gathering Saturday morning in Calgary. On Friday, AHS granted a restraining order against Johnson after he publicly threatened healthcare workers and officials online. And Calgary police are looking to locate 17-year-old Ryan Korsrud, who was last seen at his home in the northwest community of Scenic Acres Friday night. The teen is described yes, as 5'10 five, five, tall with a good, slim good. build. How are you? Last seen wearing a black hoodie, gray jogging pants, and white running shoes. Okay, did I it's sixteen I degrees? Breaking Maybe news when it happens. Yeah, Our next that. scheduled news it's at ten o'clock. Really quite easy. I'm I'll, I'll, send, I'll respond to you. I thought I did. Sorry. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go back and uh, finish up with Carrie. Welcome back, Carrie. Hello. Thank you for. Uh, Thank you for the information on the potatoes, and we will definitely try that. Now, uh, I got a little antsy this year, and I planted a bunch of uh, sweet peas and some morning glories. And none of them have sprouted yet, but I know the the, the ground out here has just started to get some uh, heat into it. So and that's is there what, any chance and of those? That's exactly what you're waiting for. It's Because I know you're just out by sundry sort yeah. of thing, I think. Um it's definitely a cooler there. Like you're, they like were a four A here. You guys are like a a three, like a good solid lower three zone. 
Yeah, and, I'm not going. Am I going to lose all that, or are they no, going to come up no, eventually? No, they'll be. Okay. They'll come up as soon as. Just give it a bit of chance. Let the heat do its thing. And the nice thing is, sometimes when they germinate later in those areas, it, they just come up quicker and and flourish because the heat in the day is nice. And so, and sometimes when it's just a slow germination, it seems to take longer. Um, so you'll you'll be fine. Okay. Well, Alrighty. thank you very much, Marla. You've done awesome this morning, and I love listening to your show. Lots of information I, from other people and everything, and uh, glad to hear your battle with COVID is on the go. Yeah, so no, thank it you was, very uh, much I for was your, all your services, man. No, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks, Gary, for Bye. the kind words. Take care, bud. All right, and I'm going to go... Where am I going to go? <laughs> I got so many calls right now. I'm going to go actually to the phone line, and we're going to chat with Jen real quick. Um, she's down at the greenhouse, and she's going to tell us what's going on down there today. Good morning, Jen. Hello, Merle. How are you? Good, good. Good. It's only been uh, 12 hours since we've seen each other. <laughs> we finished <laughs> off the day. I don't even know if it's been that long. My goodness, yes. Yeah. So I chatted with Brad. He goes, did I leave? He goes, I feel like I was still just moving pallets with the machine last night. <laughs> yeah, him, and, him and I did the, yeah, we did the walk of the, of the sprinklers last night in Terry and finished up the day. And I, it was, it was, it was a good fun day, wasn't it? It was, it was amazing, Merle. It was absolutely amazing. I'm proud of our team. I'm proud of our customers. Everybody was in really great spirits and cooperating, right, with our new protocols. And, you know, it's really important to us that we keep those in place. And I think everybody really valued that and and made their best effort. So it's fantastic. It, and it is a team effort. Like, we have to have the customers um, work with us on this as well. Yeah. And and our team and everything. So, yeah, absolutely. So uh, kudos to, to all the gardeners out there. Because we all want to get out and do this, right? And we want to yeah. do it safely. So it's important that we work together. Absolutely. So, so what what isn't hot in the greenhouse is probably the easier question. What isn't hot? <laughs> I know one of the one of the things in the trap house because I said to I feel like we're so focused on annuals and perennials, but um, I was talking to Jess this morning, and you know one of the fun things that we have right now in the tropical house, but you can use them outside um, in the summer is those uh, succulent baskets, hanging baskets. They're fourteen inches and they're beautiful because they're grown in, so they're actually trailing and. Uh, they look really cool. I know that people were looking for those last year, and so we actually have yeah. them this year. Yeah, those hanging basket ones. And uh, a really good friend of ours, uh, Anita, she she really got me going on using more succulents outside. We planted them at her house um, for a few years in a row, and they do great on the east side. And if you're one of those people that like to go away on weekends and things mm-hmm. like that, those are the best plants to use because yeah. they give you that show. But if you don't water them for a few days, they're going to say, it's okay. We feel yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it's okay. <laughs> oh, that's okay. what they say. Yeah, don't yeah. worry about it. We got this. Yeah. Yes. So um, succulents, are, succulents are a great low-maintenance uh, well, yeah. a- annual basket thing, for sure. Absolutely. And in the trap house, too, we have the azaleas seem to move um, quite quickly. We have two-inch azaleas in t- uh, as well that I don't know if people know about, which are the cutest little things. I haven't seen them in here before, but they're in full bloom and they're doing their thing. So that's really cool. We've got uh, several four-inch plants still in there. Um, the birds of paradise are in. People have been asking about those. They're nice tall ones uh, right now. They're in 10-inch pots um, with the white flowers. So we've got those in as well. We're still, you know, we're still working on that top area, but we're really focused on our annuals and perennials, which we have tons of right now. 
Yeah, and lots of veggies. Um, is oh there any gosh, hot yeah. veggie that people are looking for? Um, tomatoes, usually, and the really hot peppers. Um, so those are the big things, and we have them kind of at the back of the store on the west side of the the, uh, the annual house. And then, as you know, too, we've been trying to move everything in, but we have some veg still outside that as soon as we get room, we'll bring them inside. And we opened up that back receiving area, too. It's a nice, big, open space for people to kind of wander out and check you know, if they don't see it on the tables or if we're, you know, we need to guide them somewhere else, we'll take them out there and show them up yeah, there. Yeah, you and your team organize that, so we're using our receiving area as a, as a retail space. Just trying to create more outdoor safe shopping, social yeah. distancing, physical distancing space where everyone can get outside a bit more, spread people out. So, yeah, um, yeah your, your team did a great job on that. So, Looks good. thank you. All right. Well, Jen, we're going to cut it a little shorter today. You got um, it. But I know you got tons to do, and uh, <laughs> we got lots and lots of callers. So um, I'm going to let you go on this one. So thank you so much, and we'll see you down there in a little bit. You bet. Thanks, Merle. Bye. Thanks, Jen. Bye bye. All right, I'm going to take a break, and you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. <laughs> Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go right to the phone lines. I'm going to chat with uh, Marianne. Good morning, Marianne. Meryl, thanks for taking the call. Of course. How can I help you? Well, uh, we're going to try to seed about 1,000 square feet of new lawn and okay. on an acreage, so we haven't got an abundance of water to be watering three times a day for yeah. weeks. Um, we brought in topsoil, but it's it's screen topsoil. It's there's not much tilth to it. Yep. So we're kind of wondering, should we put like a fertilizer on there first? Yeah. You should use. You can use our lawn fertilizer, the Green Up Lawn Fertilizer, because it has the high middle number, so it's great for helping with germination. What number, like, is it like, are the numbers low though? Like fours and fives, or are they? No, 16326. You want a high middle number, yeah. Okay. And you you put that on first? Yeah, you mix it in. I I would put it on at the same time. So I would level out your soil. Yeah. Put your seed in, then your fertilizer, and then just go around and rake it all in together. Okay. So you spread everything out nicely. Yeah. Um, And then you should be good to go. Um, like when you rake it in, you rake it, the seed you see left on the top isn't the stuff that's going to germinate, right? Well, no, that'll that'll germinate as well. Oh, it will. So you don't have to really bury it. Just rake it one way and then the other. Yeah, Yeah, you sort of like, it's called, yeah, you just sort of like a harrow. You just sort of harrow it all in nicely and uh, you should be good to go. Do do we have to pack it down? Like we've got a little garden tract or something. Yeah. Yeah, it is good to pack it. Like I do that before. Um, but then after you're done, as long as you've leveled and, and packed, like rolled it a couple of times, put your seed and then the fertilizer and then just rake it one time just to loosen it up a bit. So that way it'll hold moisture better. Okay. And if you do it before this week, you might have some good success. We're calling for a fair bit of rain this weekend. So Yeah, we were kind of, well, we've done, done this trick before. We June is sort of a good rainy month. That's kind of Absolutely. What we're waiting for. Uh, um, or hoping for. So do you put peat moss or anything on that? You, you don't really need to. You, you can, but really if you're just growing grass, it'll it'll go great if it's good topsoil. You'll be fine. 
Uh, okay, so topsoil, is that the same as loam? Screened loam, yes. It, oh, okay, it's, anyway. Uh, and do you put, do, do we cover it with polythene or anything no, for no, days to no, get it going? No, or? no. Nothing no. like that. Just try to keep it as moist as you can. Which is like, yeah, hard. But that's why I thought maybe that's cover it. yeah. Get her done before this rain this weekend. You should be good. How long? How long till the first kind of uh, the the rye oh. or whatever it is comes? Yeah, usually within a week. Really? It goes pretty quick. Yeah. If you, now is a great time. The days are warming up and the water will be good. So. Oh. Okay. So oh. we're gonna roll it and then seed it. Fertilize and, it and then water and, and then, then water. rake in water. Water. Yeah. Water. 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 Oh, right. thanks, Marianne. Thanks so much. Bye. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to go to Roseanne. Good morning, Roseanne. Good morning, Merle. How are you today? I'm doing great. How can I help you? Great. I have actually a couple of questions. Hopefully, okay. they'll be quick. First one is magnolia tree or bush. Can we grow? Yeah. What the yes. Yeah, there is a couple of varieties that we can grow here. And... Okay. Uh, so and I typically get them in, and I don't, I, I don't have the exact variety we're bringing, but I think there's two of them that I have ordered in, <laughs> and they'll oh, be okay. here more in um, probably the first week in June. In June, okay. Yeah. Okay. So give you a call back sometime around yeah. June and yeah. see. Oh, good. Stop now in I have and another... see. Yeah, oh, go ahead. Okay. Um, quick question regarding raised beds um, and the soil, but I really want to know. Cedar versus plastic, because you see a lot of um, both beds. And I just want to know, is there a good, better bed? Um, no, there's really good quality plastic ones, and there's good quality cedar. Um, <laughs> really depends on budget. A lot of times, a lot of times the wood ones are going to be a little bit pricier. Okay. But we had some we had some really nice raised plastic ones and they're fine. And and pretty much all the plastics are now safe where they're not emitting those bad. Right. Uh, yeah. I would stay away from maybe like if something seems way too cheap, too good to be true, maybe just have a look cuz it might be made from some undesirable materials, but okay. um other than that, I would just yeah, be careful. I think you're fine like either one and just either don't one. get too flimsy. Like don't because mm. if you if you want it to last and uh, and hold up, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. yeah, the wood ones are great because they heat up, and if you get a darker plastic ones, they're good. They reflect the heat into the soil, so you, you're good either way. Yeah, that's what I was worried about: whether or not one would dry out the soil more than the other. Or um, no, long as they're big enough, um, the plastic ones might dry out a little bit quicker. But other other than that, you should be totally fine. Okay, and does it matter about the soil? Like if I got one and put soil in it, is there a starter soil or a good soil? Yeah, that no, you, you don't need to. We have a good organic, like the black gold or our spruce it up all purpose mm -hmm. is blended for that, um, for, for, for in pots or things like that. So it's a great potting soil. A gr uh, oh, just a good potting soil is what's needed. Yeah. All righty. Good, thank you. All right, thank you so okay, much. Okay, have a good day. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. And I just had a quick text thing that I wanted to uh, talk about there. Just asking about our lawn fertilizer and why the other majors don't uh, produce one like ours. The main reason is is the demographics in Canada where the population is. They go after Toronto and Vancouver. Those um, centers 
of, of population do not need much phosphate in their soil. They're, they're near water and things like that. So they're, they have a higher phosphate content in their soils compared to Alberta, where we have very little phosphate in our soil. So that's why I created this fertilizer and it, it works wonderful for our area. So that's the main reason. It's all economics. Um, if they produce it, they're going to sell only here, but they like to keep it simple. They they just go, we're going to make it for Canada. So they do like the 3204 and they're going to hit where their bigger sales are. And that's going to be in Toronto and Vancouver and places like that. And for us, the high middle number is such a big thing because it really develops your roots and the recovery is so quick. Like if you do have lots of kids playing on your, it's a, it's very similar to what a lot of golf courses use. And it's uh, it recovers quick. You water half as much. It chokes out the weeds. So you're not using weed um, control. And you might have the odd dandelion that pops through, but they get choked out fairly quickly. So, and, th- and that's why it's a good, it's a good local fertilizer for our area. It's hard to do that when, um, if you're trying to do it across the country. And that's same with shopping at a lot of the garden centers. It drives me crazy. I go in there and I'll see um, they'll have gala apples for sale at some of the box stores. And because the guy in Vancouver or whoever orders them across Canada, and but gala apples will not grow in Calgary. So, um, And same with the main reason I don't sell Schubert's or Maydays is that they get black knot. So I, I really want to set our customers up with success. I don't want to set them up with a tree that's going to give them issues. The older Schubert varieties were really quite good. They didn't get it as bad, but when they switched to this one, it's called Bailey's Select. And unfortunately, producers get forced into changing varieties and it became very susceptible to black knot. So at that time, I decided to quit selling them because it just... It just it ends up being a, a disaster in your yard. You end up with a black knot, and your trees die. And because uh, I used to sell probably two or three hundred Schuberts, they were a great tree. But we found a good replacement. It's a gladiator. It gives you that purple color foliage, beautiful pink flowers. It's fire blight resistant, and it's it's a great tree. But right now, I'm going to take a quick break for few commercials and then we'll get back in at the phone lines right away you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr welcome back to let's talk gardening i'm Earl coombs and i'm going to go right to the phone lines and we're going to chat with dale good morning dale hi dale um you got a great hey, producer. Yes, we do. Charlie's great. I just had one question. Can you grow coffee in Calgary? Um, in your house. In we, the house. We do sell, yeah, we sell coffee plants. Oh, do you really? Yeah. Oh, hi. yeah, that's the only question I had. All right. Well, I yes, just, you can, I've Dale. I've never heard tell of it. Yep. No, we have coffee plants, so you can definitely um, grow those in your house. Oh. All right. Yeah, thank not you. Not saying much. how many cups you I'm not sure how many cups you're gonna get, but <laughs> but but you can grow a coffee plant. Yeah, I was just curious. Yep. Thanks All right. For, Take care, Dale. Thanks. Thank All right, bye bye. And I'm gonna read a couple texts. Um someone asking and I had some people in the in the garden center and uh, asking about the plant or the ant hotel. And I do I did receive an email and I've 
and I just had such a crazy week. I didn't um, dive deep into it, so I'll have to do it. But basically, the plant hotel is a, like a black nursery pot. Um, I mean, the darker colors will reflect the heat into the soil. So what you do is you get like a like a five gallon or ten gallon nursery pot, fill it with soil, and then you put it over right right by your um, ant hill. And when that soil warms up, and it has to have the holes in the bottom like a nursery pot does, and then the ants will move into the nursery pot. They'll think that's a upgrade from where they're living down below, and they're going to move up to the to the penthouse there, and they're going to be living in that uh, big pot because it's going to be nice and warm and all that. So once they all move in there, you can just pick up that pot and take it, and away you go, and uh, you can dispose of it somewhere else and uh, and and give that a try. So I'm going to look at trying to just get some in, inexpensive black pots with some directions on it and then try and get those set up at the store for people if they do want to get them because I get lots of people asking for it. So um, we can set up a thing where you can uh, buy the Ant Hotel. and uh, But I'd like to set it up for people that just, just to let them know that it's just a, it's just a nursery pot, really. All right, and I'm going to go to Sarah. Good morning, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Hi um, there. I'm uh, I'm attempting to make a garden for the first time here this year, and so okay. I've got some some raised flower beds, and so I'm wondering what type of soil I would want to use. And okay. Kind of how how big a, how big of beds do you got? I have two four by four beds. Okay. All right. Well, probably the best soil or one of the best soils you can get um, is from Eagle Lake Landscape Supply. And those are the big yellow bags. So actually, I'm going to help you since you're a new gardener. Just starting out, I'm going to give you a big yellow bag from our good friends at Eagle Lake Landscape Supply. And then oh. you can get the choice. You can say if you're going to grow flowers or veggies, and they'll ensure that you get the correct soil. Oh, and, that would be uh, awesome. Yeah. So Charlie will take your name and number, Sarah. Okay. And uh, we'll get you set up with that big yellow bag delivered right to your house, again, from our good friends at Eagle Lake Landscape Supply. Oh, well, thank you very much. Um, All right. So I'm sorry. I just have one more question. Do I? Uh, how do I want to prep the area? Do I need to dig up the grass that... Uh, yeah. There, or can um, I just put over No, top? you can just lay landscape fabric over top of it. Okay. And and you should be fine with that. Yeah. Would and I then just fill it up with the soil and uh, ensure that yeah it's watered well and you'll be you'll be set. I'll be good to go. With all this rain we're about to have, I'm wondering would I be wise to hurry up and get this done before the rain? Yeah, if you more? can, if they can yeah. get you, I'm sure they're they're running pretty efficient. But I'm not too sure what the backup is on the on the ordering mm. of the bags at this time. But I know they're a very efficient company, so it shouldn't be an issue. So okay. Alrighty. Perfect. Thank you very much. All right, thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. And that was Sarah. And what time is it? It's time for me to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's mainly sunny and 16 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. 
When it comes to pitching the Conservatives' carbon price in the western heartland, Calgary MP Ron Leipert uses a case of beer. The veteran of Alberta politics says he's had to explain the policy to constituents who feel the Tories flip-flopped on its pledge to cancel the carbon tax. Leipert says to those who question the plan, he uses the analogy of a 10-cent-per-can levy on a 24-pack of Pilsner. And I say, you don't consider that a tax, do you? And they say, well, no, because... I get it back when I take my cans back. And I say, well, bingo. Same thing with this. Leipert says he felt it was time for the party to abandon its anti-carbon tax stance and knows that if the Tories hope to form government, it needs more seats in Ontario. Kevin J. Johnson, who was a Calgary mayoral candidate, was arrested after violating public health orders by attending an illegal public gathering Saturday morning in Calgary. The order imposes compliance with public health restrictions on organizers of events, including masking, physical distancing and attendance limits. On Friday, AHS was granted a restraining order against Johnston after he publicly threatened health care workers and officials online. A new grant from the Alberta government has those in the live music industry feeling hopeful. Starting Monday, a $2 million stabilized live music grant will be made available to those in the industry as well as for-profit music venues. Executive Director of Alberta Music Carly Claassen says they, this will be extremely helpful as the sector has been at a standstill for the past 14 months. A lot of people have their livelihoods have been, have been lost and doors have been closed to businesses. So the hope for this program is that it puts a little bit of a boost and maybe relieves some of the financial burden that some of these businesses are facing. Artists can receive $1,500 while venues can apply for $25,000. Both payments are intended to be offered one time. More information on the grant and eligibility can be found at albertamusic.org. High cannabis sales during the pandemic are allowing a local business to expand. Carolyn Curry to Castillo reports. On Saturday, Ryan Roach opened his second location in southwest Calgary. He started Lake City Cannabis in Chestermere in June of 2019. He says in April of last year, sales went through the roof. He attributes that in part to more people staying in Chestermere and not driving to Calgary for work, as well as more people seeking ways to relieve stress. Roach says he's seeing a whole new set of customers that have never tried cannabis products before, but are in need of something to help them relax and sleep better. He says sales are still above pre-pandemic levels, but he's noticed them level off at the start of this year as people are more careful with their spending. According to AGLC figures, the sales of cannabis from April to December of last year were higher than the entire 29-2020 fiscal year sales. But part of that dramatic jump is because edible products were launched in the fall of 2019, so the more recent numbers reflect a full year of all products in addition to market growth. Carolyn Curry, de Castillo, Global News. Heritage Park is ready to open for the season next Saturday with everything up and running for the season. Park President and CEO Lindsay Galloway says they will be asking guests to wear masks when they can't social distance, but otherwise they can go without masks. It's going to be tricky. We're counting on the goodwill of, of our guests. Certainly all of our staff will be wearing masks when they're on the park. Our guests only have to wear masks if they can't be social distanced properly. If you're outdoors and you're within your cohort, of course you don't have to wear a mask. Galloway says all the rides will be open, as will the train and the SS Moy. 
He says the park is limited in how many people they can have within the village at all times, which is why they're selling timed tickets on their website. Global News Sky Tracker weather mainly sunny conditions today with a high of 25 degrees. A few clouds tonight with that low of 11. And tomorrow, mainly sunny conditions expected and a high of 26. It's 16 degrees at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up. Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered and uh, we do have all of our divisions going out like crazy right now. So it's uh, nice to see. Um, very fortunate to have such a really, really good team um, getting everything done out there. Luke and landscaping and his guys and Mark with Prune It Up and uh, Green It Up Lawn Fertilizer. And then we have uh, Chris. She's taking charge in the Green It Up. We started an elite gardening department where we're, we're just, uh, we have a few bigger clients that we're trying to look after and do some nice gardening for them. So all the crews are doing such a good job and everybody at the store. So very proud of everybody. We're really come together. It's been nice, nice, nice to see. And we're at, where are we at? We're going to go see Lyle. Good morning, Lyle. Good morning, Merle. How I, can I, I help have you, sir? Manitoba maple, which I want okay. to remove. And I want to know, do, do I have to poison the stump to keep it from suckering? Um, yeah, they will sucker up. Um, you can either grind the stump out or and then, or you can do the rot to, to get rid of it as well. You can drill the holes and put the stump remover in there. Okay, and that's available at your store? Absolutely. Yep. It comes okay. in a little container. Just ask for the stump stump remover, stump rot. So I, I cut the stump down to ground level, and then I can use the stump. Yep, you just drill rot. a bunch of holes in it. Yep, and then you pour this stuff in, and it it rots it from the inside out. And it's now a good time to re remove this tree? Absolutely, yep. Okay, thanks, Merle. That's all, all I right. wanted to ask. Okay, be careful. Bye. Have a great day. You too. Thanks, Lyle. Bye-bye. And I got a few... Um, just a couple texts. Um, what is the best fertilizer for raspberries? So I'll talk about fertilizers real quick. So for most of your vegetables and flowering plants, you want, again, you want something with a higher mill number, something like a 1530-15. And we have that in our Green It Up lineup of products. And that will ensure that you're getting enough of the phosphate to produce the flowers, which will in turn bloom the um and get lots of blooms going as well. If you're growing big tomatoes, you want to make sure you have a fertilizer with some calcium supplement so you don't get that blossom end rot where you have the tomatoes that are um, rotting on the bottom. But for most of your, like I said, for most of your flowering, and if you just want to get a good all-purpose, you just want something that just works for everything, 20-20-20 is a great fertilizer. It it does, like it has, a, it has the nitrogen up top, it has the middle number for down below the 20 and then all around 20, 20, 20. Um, we use that lots when we were growing back in the day. It was just because uh, it's hard. You have so many different plants. So you just need something that works all the way. So 
anyways, lots of fun. And, uh, and, and sometimes it, it is you're trying to keep it simple. I know we have removed a bunch of, uh, of different products out of our store, just trying to simplify it um, for you guys and for our, for our team at Spruce as well, because it, it's hard for them as well, trying to figure out what, what to use sometimes. So I'm going to go to the phone lines and I'm going to chat with Kara. Good morning, Kara. Hello. Hi there. Hi, Merle. Um, thanks for taking my call. A question. My daughter and I planted our raised garden bed yesterday. And okay. then this, this morning she told me that it's supposed to snow on the weekend. Is that- it won't hurt it at all. Totally fine. Really? Yep. Even, yeah, even it's more I, to the temperatures is what we worry about. When it gets like below minus five or something, okay, then we worry. But just the snow is actually, it almost works like insulating when it gets cold and uh, the moisture like that. So it, it's typically oh. fine. Oh, that's good news. Even if like we had bean plants started. so we Yeah, beans are, beans are pretty hardy. The only ones, like I said, I worry about are... More like the viney, like the squash, cucumbers, pumpkins, and things like oh. that. Now, if we were going to do some planters today, would that be okay? Like we've been yeah, for the most them. part, yeah. Um, just watch if depends if like if you're using that potato vine or or some of those other really softer begonias or impatience. Just be be able to pull them inside if you have to. Okay. Um, in case we get like the temperature. The forecast keeps changing, but for the weekend, it says it's supposed to be plus two as a low. So most of the stuff will be fine with that. But if it gets below that, you just got to, and depends what area of the city, because I'm always amazed when you, what, yeah, when you see, it depends if you're up in the hill, Yeah, you, you yeah. can get like in the Royal Oak and stuff like that up that area. It can drop a little bit cooler than some of the places even down south like it, it it's amazing yeah. we have a huge city <laughs> and when you look at the news sometimes there's a five degree difference from one side of the city to the other yeah that's for so. sure okay so but should we be sorry we're novice gardeners should we be watering no, that's okay. even absolutely to, okay absolutely yeah no like, you should water when you just seed everything try and keep it a little bit moist um water it every day just to get it moist because that it needs that you need to soften the seed up so it can germinate okay that's just great thank you so much all right you're welcome thank bye-bye. You, bye-bye bye-bye and also when i was talking about fertilizing like and that's for raspberries and all your fruit trees as well that 10 or 15 30 15 is a great fertilizer for those so and i'm going to go to i got a bit of time i'm going to go to rebecca good morning rebecca oh hi thanks for taking my call no of course how can i Calling help you about a plum tree it's about 15 feet high um okay new property and it's only our second summer uh so don't know the history but we only we lots of blossoms but only about 10 plums okay how do we get it to produce more fruit? And, and those it, those are tough because the plum tree comes out fairly early. It's like the pear tree. Um, so it's when they bloom early, sometimes they, if we get those cool nights, sometimes it might knock them off. Or if the bees aren't out early enough for pollinizing, for cross-pollination and stuff like that, yeah. um, that, that affects a lot of times in production. So when you're using, when we're trying to grow some of those fruit trees here in Calgary, that's sometimes the challenge. And But then sometimes you get so many pears 
or plums that yeah they're falling off everywhere so right i've seen them both ways it's just those ones are a challenge because they bloom way earlier like if you notice yeah they're already like my, it's already blossoming. yeah I, yeah i and same with my pear tree in the back it's like in full bloom right now but the apples and stuff are just starting to emerge and stuff like that so they're gonna they're more that's why we get a lot better pollination in some of those hardier fruits because they held off a little bit more okay but notice um the roots are exposed so i would cover them that? up okay, yeah I would, I would definitely cover that up and and again you want to water your plum tree really well in the fall because they're mm-hmm. really quite a hard wood and and sometimes our dry falls can affect um those type of trees like that the amur cherries and like maples and things like that they need to be watered in really well and i'd even put bark mulch around the tr- around the tree well okay. and that way ensure that it gets the proper moisture and and right. keeps it frozen longer throughout the early spring and that's the key to that too you want to you want to slow them down as much as you can in the spring so they don't bloom too early and then that'll help with your fruit production okay great all right thank you so much okay hopefully that helps and it's pretty exciting when you do get those plums on your uh on your tree even though they're not huge but uh it's always nice eating a plum that was grown here in calgary so oh yes we also have a cherry tree that um is quite uh, just fantastic. We had more cherries than we knew what to do with. Last awesome. Year. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank we'll you take so care. much. Bye bye. All right. And I got a quick couple of texts here. Want to start a vegetable patch? No idea where to start. And is it possible to give some suggestion? And is it possible to get the right soil to start with? I would like to impress my wife, but not with the way I am with gardening. <laughs> Need your help, but thanks. Um, what you can do is there's lots of the soils. It depends how big of a bed you're going to build. Um, if you're doing something like a six by six or or four, by, I would just get like a really good organic potting soil. Fill it up with that. It's nice and light. If you're doing some bigger areas, um, we sell a garden mix in bulk. Um, you can also go like to the big yellow bag. Those are great, and they have lots of different varieties, and uh, and that will help you out with that. And, and and I'll be honest, you're on the right track. Like you want to start with good soil because that's where you're going to get your your good results. It starts all at the ground. If you have really bad soil, um, you're typically your garden is not going to do that well. So this way you'll ensure that you get good results if you start with the ground up. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. And when I get back, we'll hit the phone lines you're listening to. Let's talk gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to chat with Sue. Good morning, Sue. Good morning. Hi there. How can I help you? Well, uh, we have a detached garage, and in between the garage and the house, we have this little patch of lawn. It's about 10 by 10, and uh, we access our garden shed on that piece of lawn. Um, It's surrounded by concrete, and what is happening is our lawn is not growing well there because it's quite shaded, and I was wondering if clover could be used as a lawn replacement and if it would fill in that area nicely and whether or not it can withstand foot traffic. 
Um, it doesn't take a ton of foot traffic. Like if it, so if it's in a heavier spot, um, I wouldn't do it. We do have a grass that's called. Oh God! <laughs> I have it in my. It's in a green bag, and it's a. It's a different. It's a blend of fescues, equalon. Okay. Um, okay. So it's it's and it it grows really well, and it's a little bit more durable for places like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if you are using our lawn fertilizer um, mm-hmm. with the high middle number, your grass will be a lot thicker, and it can recover a lot better for those type of areas. Because um, mm-hmm. I've had lots of customers. Like one of my guys had uh, like seven kids, and I went there and there's skateboards and things everywhere. And I go, here, you need this. <laughs> and, he, awesome. and he goes, it's the first time he actually has lawn because it, it's able to keep up with the kids and stuff back in the day. So and it's it um, in, yeah, it and it, it grows in the shade. Yeah, the Ecolon will grow a little better in the shade for sure. Do I need to... Uh put up like do I need to take away the grass that's there and lay down some new um what what I would do is just rake out the real thin stuff like give it a really good like a good hard raking mm-hmm. put a little bit of soil on top and then just mm-hmm. put the seed over top of that okay um also we had thought about uh, as an alternative as well is to put fake grass in there but Fake grass has an underlayer of sand, and we have a problem with ants. And would that increase the ant population around our house? Um, probably. They seem to like those warm areas, uh-huh. so there's a chance. But really, we remove all the organics. Like if you're going to do that turf properly, uh-huh. you remove all the organics of wherever you're going to put it, and you're really building it a lot like you build a patio, like paving stones. And then uh-huh. we put road crush down first, like the gravel base. Uh-huh. And then a very thin layer of sand, and then the turf goes on top of that. Okay. Um, so probably you'd be removing most of the ant hill in that area. Another uh-huh. good one is just like a 10 mil rundle. Uh-huh. It works really well, like for for pathways and stuff. Like we use it all the time in our landscape department, and it just it's so good. And it looks like it has the darker color, like it's a black rundle, uh-huh. and it just looks it looks so neat and tidy, and it's easy to clean. And it, but it packs like the like the old baseball diamond red shale, but mm-hmm. it packs even a little bit better than that. And it, it's just great for pathways or things like that. So you can create a nice little garden path out of that. Uh, that's what I have on the side of my house. It it just stands up beautifully. And can you run your lawn like we have to access our lawnmower from the garden shed? Can we can we bring absolutely. the lawnmower across that rundle rock and absolutely? Home? Yeah, oh, it's awesome. like a pathway. It's like a hard path. It's awesome. Okay. It's it's probably one of the most um, effective um, maintenance-free pathways that looks good, and it's pretty cost-effective. So, like, I didn't want to spend a bunch of money on the side of my house with paving stones and stuff. Right. So I put the Rundle path down the side, and it, it works perfect. And lots of our landscaping, we use it, and it doesn't fit in. It doesn't look like you cheaped out or anything. It actually looks like, hey, that looks that looks good. And is it water permeable? Because we do have a couple Absolutely. of downspouts. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Yep. So what I do on sometimes that, though, if you, if the water downspout comes right on top of it, it will wash out a trench. So I'll either run it underneath it, I'll dig a trench and put big old pipe underneath. Oh, yes. And, and, and get rid of it that way. Or move the downspout so it's not coming down right on your path. But oh. during rain and that, it's it's the best because it, it doesn't get muddy. The water hits it, just soaks in instantly. It's it's perfect. Wonderful. Well, I have a couple of ideas now. Thank you so much. Yeah, don't hesitate in it. Like I said, it's a, it's a great product. So Fantastic. Thank you for your help. You're very welcome. 
Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to go to Helen, I think I'm at. Hi, Helen. Merle. Hey, we Hi. enjoy your show. We listen to it every week. And Thank you. it seems to be the only cheerful show with information that makes you feel good. And well, we thank, don't miss I it. I thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's been hard on us, right, the last while. Like, all we hear is there's so much doom yeah, and gloom. Yeah, negative and, stuff. And this is uh, uh, positive, and it just makes you feel good. Makes your day. It, it was taking the toll on me, too. And I, I'll be honest, I got rid of a bunch, like my Facebook, a bunch of stuff a couple months or two ago. Because I just felt I was getting sometimes just too much stuff getting pushed into your head. So you gotta you got to separate some of the stuff. If you yeah. spend your day reading that stuff all day long, it's hard. So, and that's why I love this so much too. It gets me away from everything. I just get to talk with people like you and we can talk about good stuff. Well, we leave our radio off except for Sunday morning to listen to your show. Well, thank you. Uh, I have a problem with clematises. I bought uh, two Jackmania clematises last year. They're little vines. And after a month, the vines, they disappeared. There was nothing there. So I thought, well, I'll dig up the dirt where I had planted the vines last year and replace the dirt and try it again. But (laughs) what I dug up was these huge clumps of clematis roots, very, very healthy, but there's no shoots coming out from the roots. Okay, and are the white are the roots sort of white and fuzzy? Uh, No, the roots are kind of the. Well, not as skinny as a, a new clematis vine, but they're kind of a, a yellowish uh, color, very healthy. Okay, I would maybe just put it back in the ground. That's what I did, but I wanted yeah. to talk to you. Yeah. And, and then let, because let, clematis really haven't started sprouting yet. So a lot of times I see this quite a bit where <clears throat> clematis will not do well the first year. Mm-hmm. And again, they like to have a cool root. And they do. So, I put, uh, I've got them in a cool spot. And okay. the ones that are I have facing the south, I've got rocks in front of them. Okay, and perfect. And they're, they're doing well. Okay, perfect. So, uh, so I just rushed it a bit. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, it's been a hard year. Like, it's been warm, cold, warm, cold. And I'm noticing, like I said, columnar aspens like mine i can see the bud like right beside it my uh, schubert is like fully leafed out and then right beside it like i have a row of aspens and they haven't leafed out at all my hydrangea haven't leafed out but um my my snowberry is fully leafed out my maple is leafed out um so it, a lot of them are just starting to go and the willows in the last two days have just really really pushed so we're just starting to get this heat right now. Yeah. Well, our um, our uh, rose tree of China is in flower. Uh, our uh, romantic series uh, ch- miniature cherry trees, they're blossoming. They're in flower. And everything seems to be doing good. Yeah. But I was just worried about those Yeah, so just be patient. Like, like I always tell people, they're just going to wait till June. Mm-hmm. Before we make any mm-hmm. haste decisions about getting rid of anything in the garden if it's not quite dead, because so many of them come up at different times, and the clematis are typically a little bit later. Yeah, well, I've got twenty-nine pots that uh, I plant every year of different uh, herbs, uh, lettuce, and chives, spinach, oh, wow. and. Ten of those 29 are out for front for the double rose begonias, but I haven't even bought any of those this year 
because it's the weather has been so yeah, awesome. and we're just I held off a, a few days before I brought all my stock in. <clears throat> we're almost fully stocked, but there's still a few tender things that I've been very limited on bringing yeah. in. You have until after next begonias? Yes, we do. Oh, because those are the only ones that I plant, and they're gorgeous. Yes, they are. Love the double double begonias. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so okay, much. Okay, Merrill. Thank you. Bye. Enjoy your take show. Care. Keep up the good work. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye bye. All right, and I need to take a break for the news. You're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Mainly sunny and 16 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Medics in Gaza City now report Israeli airstrikes killed 42 people today, including 16 women and 10 children. Three buildings were flattened in the attacks, which hit a busy downtown street of residential buildings and storefronts over the course of five minutes just after midnight. At a special meeting of the UN Security Council, Secretary General Antonio Guterres called for both sides to negotiate toward a two-state solution with Jerusalem as the capital of both states. And Calgary mayoral candidate Kevin J. Johnson was arrested after violating public health orders by attending an illegal public gathering Saturday morning in Calgary. On Friday, AHS was granted a restraining order against Johnson after he publicly threatened health care workers and officials online. Mainly sunny today with a high of 25 degrees, a few clouds tonight with a low of 11, tomorrow mainly sunny and 26. It's 16 degrees, breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled news at 11. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, I'm Earl Coombs and I'm going to go to the phone lines and we're going to chat with David. Good morning, David. Hey, good morning there. Uh, hey, really sorry. I had to run some groceries to my mom this morning, so I missed the first hour of your show. So if I asked the question, someone else already did. I apologize. Yeah, but, no worries. Uh, for sure. I went to your place and bought a bunch of annuals on Friday, thinking Sunday would be the day to plant them. But uh, just, of course, seeing the weather next weekend, should I hold off on planting the annuals? Um, what, t- or- what type of annuals did you get? Oh, man. It, it, the one vice I have in my life, I don't gamble or anything, but I buy annuals. So, <laughs> nice. I got everything, man. I, I literally okay. have a, a wide so, range. Petunias, snapdragons, most of those are good. If you get lots of begonias and patients, things like yeah. that, I'd probably be a little bit more, unless they're in pots, and then you can just watch the temperature, maybe slide them into the garage or back yeah. into the house if we happen to get that cool night. Yeah, um, we do have a pro- think, yeah. frost blanket, but I, for the most part, like I wouldn't hesitate like with petunias and all that kind of stuff. I'm, um, They're going to be fine. Yeah, and, and like you say, I'll just bring the other stuff. Everything's in pot in pots, so I'll just put them in the garage for that weekend, yeah. I guess. Absolutely. So Great. All right, cool. take Thanks care. So Bye now. Thanks, David. Bye-bye. All right, and if you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. I think we have a couple spots available. I'm going to go to Ethel. Good morning, Ethel. Good morning. How can How I help you? Good morning. I'm doing Great. Great. A beautiful sunny day today. Absolutely. How can I help Merle, you? I'm sorry, Merle. I'm calling. I'm looking for a product. It's called a tomato fruit set. Yes. I'm pretty sure we have it. It comes in a in a spray, like a, it's just a fruit set. Yeah. And I'm almost positive we have it. Um, I can text and I can mention it on the show um, here. If we have it, um, but I, I remember seeing it, so I'm assuming that we do have it. But for the most part, are your tomatoes outside? Not yet. 
Okay. Because they should be fine. Like with the amount of bees and bugs and stuff around, they should be getting pollinated naturally. Um, So you shouldn't have to worry too much about that. And some of it you can do with a Q-tip if you want. Like just rub, get one flower and just rub a bunch of the other ones. Like get some of the pollen on and then just rub them all over each of the blooms. So you okay. can do it that way if you're having some issues, but I'm almost I'm, sure we have the from have the fruit set. I use a lot of it more on my fruit tree. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the tree is a little bit too big and too high to be using a Q-tip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and the fruit set comes, um, in in a can, so it's it it you're not going to be able to get up too high, but. For your fruit trees, like you should be getting proper pollination, unless, like I said, I mentioned, like unless it's the plum or pear, and sometimes it's just the temperature that does them in. It blue, it freezes the 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 blossom before they get set. Well, that's it. It's a pear tree. Yeah, that's so. It's exactly what I have. Food. Mine came up, but I think we're going to be good this year. Ethel, well, I, I think so. we're going to be fine because it's been warm it. since. And I've seen lots of bees and stuff on mine, so. All Very right. Thank All right, thank much. you. Take care. Bye-bye. find the product at your store? Yeah, I'll, and I'll just mention, I just texted Brad, and I'm just going to find out if we have it. And if, if you keep listening, I'll mention if we do have it. I'm pretty sure we do. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Where am I at? I'm good. I'm going to go to Marie. Good morning, Marie. Hi, hi, Merle. Hi there. How can I help you? Uh, yes, um, I'm calling about our strawberries. I've just pulled them all out uh, the other day. I, does a strawberry uh, get a fungus? They can uh, if if they're in a moist, like if the area is too wet and a bunch of the old foliage have been left on them. Yeah, <laughs> they they yeah. like a well drawn soil, and they like to be mounded up. Like they don't always like to lay flat in the soil. Right, they kind of like to get yeah. mounded up a little bit. Yes, yeah, so, some of the area is, uh, you know, a little low, but mostly uh, they just taste terrible. I, I I can't even, you know. What do you fertilize see? with? Oh, just your 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 fertilizer that used for the um, for the lawn. When yeah, my husband okay. goes around fertilizing. Yeah, sprinkles it in there. Okay. And yeah, I just I just ensure that it gets a good clean out. Like clean the bed, make sure any of the old debris is cleaned out, uh-huh. and then you should be good. Well, uh, these were the June ones. The June they just you know the June berries. Yeah. But I went and bought some uh, that uh, are the forever uh, bearing. Can I plant them in the same spot? Absolutely, should be. But again, I would clean out some of the soil, and oh, yes. and and you can also use a product called Peter Spray Green. Right. It's it's a it's a pharmaceutical grade mineral, but it works wonderful as a as a fungicide as well. Right. Can I plant potatoes in that spot and then move my new strawberries to another? Area? How deep is it? Uh what do you mean, uh, the soil? The soil, yeah. Oh, So it's probably. right in the ground? Yes. Okay, you're fine. Yeah, absolutely. And it's good to rotate. So put your potatoes in this year and then just switch them out again next year. Right. Okay. 
Alrighty. Good. Thank Th- you very Thank much. you, Marie. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And I'm going to take a quick break. And when I get back, I'll answer some texts and do the phones. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and we are having a beautiful day out there. If you were at the garden centers and you planted any new trees or anything like that, ensure that you give them the slow, deep watering um, for your success when you're planting your trees is water the pot really well three or four times before you put it into the ground. And then after you put it into the ground, what you want to do is water it two to three times a week. Put the hose on there, a slow trickle for two or three hours, just so it barely comes out of the hole, just so it can just soak in there and just and fill that soil all the way down nice and deep into the whole pot. And, uh, and that will get you way better success than if you just try to water the top couple inches in the, in the tree well. It just doesn't get enough water all the way down to the, to the bottom of the root ball, which you want to make sure you're using all of the root ball because it's supporting that whole tree. And especially, like I said, if you get some of the bigger ones that, uh, that uh, we're seeing in the garden center right now, the 15 and 20 gallon, there's some nice sized trees there. And they need to get that root established. So, and I just want to give a shout out to uh, Terry in the tree lot. He uh, he wintered over uh, in our tree lot um, azaleas and rhododendrons, Japanese maples. He uh, had them in. We have these big holes for our caliper trees, and he buried them in, and he covered them with bark mulch, and uh, and then he pulled them up there a week or so ago. And Japanese maples, he he wintered them outside right to the tip. So uh, nice work, Terry. It was neat to see. I like uh, he has a he has a, a very caring thoughts on his plants, and he loves to play with that. So it's 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 real cool to see. And uh, just wanted to give him a little bit of a shout out and say good job on that. And it's uh, it's neat to see that kind of thing happen. But right now I'm going to go, and we'll see what's happening with Wayne. Good morning, Wayne. Hello. Hey, Wayne, how can I help you? Um, thanks for taking my call, Merle. Uh, no pleasure. My pleasure. About, I sent you some pictures, um, at least I hope you got them, regarding a dwarf Russian sage plant. Okay. And, um, What's your last uh, three numbers and your phone number? If I, I got, I got, I'll be honest, I got like about 200 texts today, so I got, um, I'm, I'm trying to get through them all. 946. Nine, nine, four, six. Okay. Um, what? So, what was your question? Let's see if I can. Uh, find anyway, it. the um, the old growth that's on there, there, oh, yeah, there it doesn't seem to really have any. Well, I shouldn't say it doesn't seem to have any life. It looks like there's down to. Yeah, I found it. So just yeah, those die back to the ground every year. So just cut it right down to the ground. All those sticks, just cut those off. Because um, okay. you can see in previous years where they were cut back. So just cut them right back, and then that will enable the new growth to flourish. It will push through there, no problem. So just cut all those off. I was, I was able to find your pictures there. Okay. So, yep. Those typically Great. die back every year like that, and uh, and they start from the ground up. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Oh, uh, as far as watering goes, do they need lots of water? 
Um, not not tons, but definitely at this time of year because they are they do produce a lot of foliage, so they do need enough water to fulfill all that. Okay. All right. All right. So a couple times times a week. Of yes. Water. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, and I'm going to go to Norma. Good morning, Norma. Hi. Good morning. Hi. When you're uh, planting seed potatoes, a lot of times they have long uh, roots or tubers on them already. Yeah. Do you take those off? Um, no, it depends. Like if sometimes they might break off because when you look at those those tubers coming off them, you'll see that there's a whole bunch of little nodes or increments. Yeah. On it, so they, that's simply where the roots will split off. So if a couple get broken off, it's fine. But really, you don't need to break them off if you don't if you don't want to. They're fine. Oh, okay. Well, I've. I've Usually left them on, or oh, maybe I'm not doing it right, but uh, so that's good to know. All right. Thank you. You're very welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to go to Bob. Good morning, Bob. Yeah, hi, hi, Merle. Hi there. How can I help you? Yeah, Merle, I've got a real problem <laughs> with grubs on my on my lawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I had a huge brown spot last last spring. And I wasn't sure what it was, so I uh, I put soil down and uh, grass seed, and it took all year for it to grow back. So I thought I'd beaten the problem. And this spring, exactly the same thing happened. I've got okay. this huge brown spot on my lawn, and I'm sure it's it's grubs. Yeah, we have and ant so and grub out you can get. It's a product called ant and grub out. Anti grub out? Ant and grub. So for ants and grubs. Yeah, you can try that. Another thing, give it a good raking and give it a good soaking and then use pure spray green. Like give it a good soil drench with that. Okay, the product I did use was, um, I just used was Scott's Scott's, uh, Grub Be Gone Max. Okay, that should help, I think. Um, when did you use it just recently? I just did it uh, a couple of days ago. Yeah. So just let's see what happens with that. If that, if that's going to work, <clears throat> but again, I'd give it a really good clean out, like give it a good rake and rake up any of the debris. Cause that way, if there's even eggs and different things in there, a little baby, you can, they'll get rid of them that way too, or help. Okay. I, I, I also put some containers out last year with beer in it. And that attracted okay. and that attracted a whole bunch of them. But does that work at all, or does it just kill too too few? <clears throat> um, no, it kills too few. But, and that's use that a lot more for slugs in some of those shady areas. But if you're getting lots of those coming up, you might be keeping your grass a little bit too wet as well. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So just watch that. And just and if you're not using our fertilizers, um, try the. Green it up lawn fertilizer. You'll, it'll help recover and get it growing in those dead spots a lot quicker as well. Okay, uh, so I'll rake it, and uh, I don't need to put ground down, right? So I just need to put grass seed down again. Yeah, well, it depends how bad it is. If it's totally dead, I'd put a little thin layer of soil as well. So give okay. it a really good raking, and uh, and and do it that way, and that will definitely help. You have a fairly big area. Um, it's a fairly big area, yeah, and uh, I, I I also have pets. So is there a okay. concern with putting this stuff <clears throat> on the ground and the pets getting hurt? No, 
no, it should be pure spray green is fine. Um, I'm not too sure on the Scots one which one you got, so um, you should be good. But actually, what I'm going to do, and in, I'm with Bob, right? Yes. Okay, because I, I got names written down. I just wanted to make sure. I'm going to give you a, a gift card to 1-800-GOT-JUNK, and this will help clean out any of that stuff, any of the debris you rake up or any other junk you want to clean up out of your yard. Our friends at uh, 1-800-GOT-JUNK will come by, so I'm going to give you a $100 gift card towards that. How's that? Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you very much, Merle. Yeah, my pleasure. So I'll put you on hold, and Charlie's going to take your name and number and get you set up. And we'll get you all cleaned up with one eight hundred got junk. Thank okay, you. thank you. All right, take care, Bob. Okay, bye you bye. too. Okay, bye. All right, and I'm going to go to what time is it? Actually, I got to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to get right to the phone lines, and we're going to go to Tom. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Tom. Can you please tell me, uh, if you have a mature lawn, do the yep. roots keep growing longer each year? Um, well, they get down, and it really depends on your soil and what you're feeding them, and then also what type of grass you have. Like, the fescues get down deeper and deeper, and... And when you use like our green up lawn fertilizer with a higher phosphate content, it, it'll it'll and that's for the roots. So that gets it down deeper. So it's a it becomes a lot stronger grass. But they don't they won't end up going down like ten feet or nothing like that. So they, they'll yeah. get down to a certain length and then they just um, go from there, like sort well, of eight to ten inches sort of thing is really would be the deepest. Right. So once you have a healthy lawn, is your root system really growing any deeper or not? No. It it, okay. it stays within that uh, confines of it, sort of, like no deeper than 8 or 10 inches for the most part. Uh, I've seen sod cut, and the root system doesn't seem to be very long. Is that just because that's not mature? Yeah, no. And a lot of it is just because that's where they cut it, right? Like it's sort of um, – and it's so fine when it gets down deeper – you just and they're they've grown it, they've seeded it, and they don't let it establish really long. Like they get it nice and thick enough, so that way they can cut that layer off, roll it up, sell it, and then they reseed that same area and get it grown again. Okay. <laughs> so you're not going to be super deep grass roots on those. And plus, when they're cut, they're just at that one one level. So it's it's a process for them to get it going, cut it, and then reseed get grown again, get it strong enough where it's going to hold together, and then they just start all over again because there's only so many acres. And it always amazes me at how much sod is growing in, in our area and and how fast they reproduce it. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing process. So, If you have some new area where it's just seed on black dirt, should you cover it with other dirt or... Um, no, I, I don't. I, I okay. don't. I just I level it out, rake it really good, <laughs> put my seed down, a little bit of fertilizer, and then I rake it again so it kind of gets covered in that way. And then what just make you sure a, you water it well. 
What if you have a bit of a slope there so it won't really hold the water? Yeah, well, then you can use some burlap or something like that, a little bit of erosion control. And that's where you just got to be a bit more careful watering, like shorter times watering. So maybe only water um, for five or ten minutes more often than 20 or 30 minutes where you get the water running down. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, thanks. Another great show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tom. I appreciate it. Take care. All right. And I probably have time for one more. I'm going to go to Genevieve. Good morning, Genevieve. I would have been saving eggshells all all winter. I've crushed them down. Now what do I do with them? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You you can just mix them into your veggie garden. (laughs) They work great for that. Just spread them around or spread them in the Yeah, just work them into the soil. Yeah, just spread them evenly around. Mix them into the soil. My mom used to throw everything from the house, like all our peels, eggshells, all that stuff. She used to throw it all into the garden. I've kind of done that. (laughs) You dug a hole and put uh, that into the ground instead of into the compost. And my soil, it's, well, I've been here 50 years. My soil's not that great. We just got some mushroom manure. Is that good? Yeah, it is. Um, Just watch. Don't go real, real heavy with it all at one time. Um, so just mix it in well. It has a higher salt content sometimes, so just oh, yeah. be careful. Don't go super, super thick with it. But it's a great way to add organic matter back into your garden. There's not a lot of nutrients to it, but okay. it does have good fibrous, so it's it's good organic material. So then I would add some compost or sea soil or, or some other thing to get the nutrients into it. Uh, what about right. peat moss? Yeah, peat moss is okay. It doesn't have a lot of nutrients either. It's more of a of a organic based. It's more for adding fiber as well. Okay. Like we have a one groundskeeper's pride is a granular fertilizer. You can mix that in there. What and, kind? Uh, groundskeeper's pride. It's a vegetable or organic fertilizer, and it's a, you just mix it into the soil. And how much of that would I need? I've got a garden. About, oh, I don't know. 15 by 15, maybe? Probably two or three bags. That's it. Two or three bags? Okay. Yeah, you'll be good. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye, Genevieve. Uh, Have a great day. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody for calling in. And uh, sorry, I wasn't able to get to Gail. And um, I'm going to try and do some more text, but there's a lot. So I apologize if I didn't get to everyone. Um, you can try again next week. And we'll be back here getting our garden on right here on 770 CHQR. It's mainly sunny and 16 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Hundreds of cars have been gathering at the Deerfoot City parking lot for tailgate parties over the past five weeks. Last Friday night, the lot saw up to 400 cars. Deborah Mathias with Deerfoot City says it's hard to control the crowd of people. When our security would approach these people and try